For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 114 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we talked about it last week, and we made it happen. We got a special guest this week. He was here with us on our Force Friday episode last year. We called him back for a return visit. Uh, if you have bought any of our Star Wars or our Blue Harvest shirts... On T Public, you are proudly wearing the artwork, the incredible artwork, of this amazing gentleman who's our guest this evening, uh, Mr. Evan DeCellis. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks again for having me on. Welcome course, back. Buddy. It's good to have you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm excited for tonight. <clears throat> so we got a little bit of stuff to talk about, um, news-wise and my personal Force Friday experience, and uh, then our usual voicemails and uh, emails to go over. Uh, so it should be a pretty good one. Um, but we will see how that goes. I can't uh, promise <laughs> anything, I guess. Uh, before I get into all that, I guess it's time for a, the business. Oh, boy. <laughs> You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us your emails or voice messages at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. We have a tea public store. Our tea public store has the brand new Pork Cuddle Club shirt available. Ooh, porks are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Evan here made an amazing design. You guys should get on in on that and get it before yep. Disney says, nah, son. Nah. No mas. No mas. Yeah, I, I wanted to thank the bad motivators for giving the poor Cuddle Club a little shout out this week. Yeah. Poor Cuddle Club is where it's at. And you can find those shirts along with many others, including our uh, Blue Harvest logo design by our good buddy Ben Layton. At tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we 
are so excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, of which I appeared on two, that's right, two separate shows from this amazing network of Star Wars podcasting titans. This week, I was, this week I was on Steel Wars with the incredible Steel Saunders, one of the interview shows. I was very honored to be asked by our good buddy Steel, and I had a lot of fun. And I was also on Podcast 2187 with Jared, Mark, and Tim, who is not a robot, and uh, had a lot of fun there too. Got to dispense some uh, beard tips, lots of beard <laughs> talk on 2187. Really? Yeah. But if you're like, hey, I'm listening to Blue Harvest, I listened to Rogue One, uh, I listened to Steel Wars, I listened to 2187, I need some more podcasts to listen to. Well, buddy, buddy, does the damn ass making Star Wars Podcast Network have just what you need. <laughs> they got other podcasts like, now this is podcasting, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold. And I think I think that's it. I think that's all the ones that I hadn't mentioned yet. So go and check that shit out. That damn ass shit. That's good business. That was very yeah. That was very good business. It was you know. efficient and just a little dirty. It's <coughs> the way I like it. That's how I do. Um, yep. So, uh, Star Wars Christmas happened today. Star Wars Christmas. One of my favorite times of the year when i get to go out and make a damn ass fool of myself buying a was bunch there of cupcakes and stickers and balloons there was not but that's dude nobody has rocked it as hard as that walmart uh, did i just disag- wait till you hear about oh about really oh tar- really target through down this year but really all you need to know is one thing oh no <laughs> That's right. I got a motherfucking Porg, and my animals are terrified of it. Oh my goodness, I bet they are. I saw Walter on Twitter, how he was reacting to it. Yeah, yeah, he actually uh, got put on timeout today because I was trying to get him to check it out again, and he bit it. And I was like, oh, buddy, don't bite the Porg. Don't Uh-oh, bite the merch. He's a little Chewbacca there. Uh-oh, uh-oh, we shall see. We shall see in just a few short months. We'll have an answer to that question. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, so Force Friday was uh, last night slash this morning. I'm actually kind of tired. Um, We'll get into that in a second. I did not, however, pull an all-nighter again, so that was nice. That's Um, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did either of you guys, Will, I figure you were probably pretty busy and didn't get a chance to really go out and uh, scour the earth for Star Wars toys. I sure didn't. Like your lesser podcasting half. Uh, Evan, did right. you get to go d- do any perusing? I didn't yet. My car actually broke down earlier in the week. Oh, that sucks, course. dude. The week of Force Friday. So hopefully oh. tomorrow I'm going to try to find a way out and see if I can find a few things. Um, I wasn't really trying to get every single thing, so right. I don't think it'll affect me too much, but... The w- number one thing on my list is the Black Series Snoke in his throne, for sure. Uh, so, uh, word of advice for that. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you might be in an area that's a little better for this. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the GameStops in my area got those in today. Ooh. And I checked. 
Um, but it was available on their website, so I just ordered it off the website. Cause oh, that's good. I wasn't sure how hard that was going to be to get down the line, and I didn't really feel like stressing about it. So hopefully, you know, maybe by this time next week, I'll have my beautiful yeah. ass Snoke with his throne set. Because <laughs> um, that could have easily been one of those ones that maybe something happened with the shipments, and then all of a sudden it becomes a chase item. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, I don't even know how likely it was to have been meant for today um because mm -hmm. the gamestop website didn't even show it as shipping until today um oh but i don't know I, mean, I, I as of yet i have yet to see anybody online and it's not like i've done a comprehensive search but i haven't seen anybody online that's found them so something tells me they got shipped to gamestops today too so it still might be uh, a few days before they show up at the stores and mm -hmm. uh, and GameStop exclusives have been kind of um, hard to track down in the past. The R5-D4 and the 40th anniversary set was kind of hard mm -hmm. for me to find. Uh, the only reason I did was because of my buddy on Twitter, Brandon. Thanks again, buddy. Um, so, you know, I just figured, you know, cut the stress. If it's up, it's up and in stock. I might as well order it because if I wait yeah, too exactly. long, you know, it won't be available on the website. Um, well, as both of you guys know, and as Will has seen in first person, in person, first person, first person shooter, first person shooter dot com dot org forever, a hundred years. We, uh, I guess I gets a little crazy on Force Friday. Uh, it is Star Wars Christmas and it's probably my favorite holiday. I'm not going to lie. Why why enjoy regular Christmas when you can just enjoy Star Wars Christmas? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, um, initially my plan was to go to the same Target I went to last year for Rogue One. They weren't doing a midnight event, so I was just going to get up super early this morning, like 6.30, and drive down there and just wait by the door. Hopefully there wouldn't be a line. And uh, just get my Star Wars stuff. Well, plans changed a little bit. Last night, our good buddy Jeremy, the space barbarian, starts texting me. And he's like, hey, are you going to go to one of the midnight events? And I was like, I don't know, man. I, I'm real slammed with work tonight. And by the time I'm done with work, I think I'd get up there too late. And uh, he was like, no, man, I don't think it's going to be this, that bad. We had a little uh, little tornado action going on in my neck of the woods last night so the weather was kind of shitty around uh nine to ten o'clock mm -hmm. right and uh jeremy was like you know what i think that weather is going to deter a lot of people from going there's a lot of other places doing midnights come to homewood and go to the target with me so he talked me into it yeah you did it hell yeah you did it <laughs> hell yeah i did I, who can turn down the space barbarian I mean, if he's like, hey, come on, come get some Star Wars shit with me. You're like, oh, well, see, okay. This, this is what I was worried about. I was worried about getting there so late, being way back in line that, you know, by the time I got to the stuff after everybody else, it'd be all cleared out and it would just be kind of Slim a waste pickings. of time. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I would still have to get up super early and go to, because I was playing, like, it was either I'm going to bed right now or I'm going to look <laughs> at Star Wars stuff at midnight. You know what I'm saying? Like. That was the choice. So, yeah, 
we get there and there are six people in line, including Jeremy. Wow. I ran into oh. my buddy Michael, who I met at uh, Force Friday last year in Trustful, and he was there with a buddy. So we got in line. And little did I know that Target's doing the Midnight uh, event had a very special raffle going on. Really? Yeah. They were raffling off two giant four-foot-tall stuffed porgs. Holy shit. Giant porgs. And so, like I said, there were seven people there. Maybe by the end of it, ten people in total. Jesse was there with me, so we got two raffle tickets. That's four chances of winning a giant porg. The odds were pretty good. Did not win a giant porg. But you know who did Ooh. win a giant porg? Who? The Space Barbarian. Did he really? He <laughs> sure did. He sure did. He won the first one. That's cool as fuck. Uh, and yeah. I mean, look, if, if somebody besides me had to win it, I am so glad it was Jeremy. I'm mm -hmm. sending you a picture of me uh, in a loving embrace with the Porg, Will. This was on Twitter today as well. Um, porg Cuddle Club. Serious Porg Cuddle Club. It was, it was so fitting, too, because I hadn't even known that it was that existed at all. And then whenever I log on to Twitter, the first thing that I see is you hugging it. And it was just perfect. Yeah, you oh know, um, I had heard on Twitter that, uh, that Targets were going to have giant Porgs on display. But I didn't mm -hmm. realize you could possibly win them. I thought it was going to be like, do you remember for the Force Awakens targets had the big animated BB-8 setups, yeah. like the giant BB-8s that their head turned and stuff? I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be like one of those things just for store display. Uh, yeah. And, and then I get there and they're giving them away. Oh, man, it was they're so cool. Going for you lots of money that. on eBay right now, by the way. You would have thought, that it, too, that that would have leaked, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it kind of makes me wonder how last minute that kind of was. I mean, it couldn't have been that last minute to manufacture these things because they're huge. And they made noise and stuff, too. That embrace looks tender. It was. That's a fluffy. It looks like that porg has never been hugged that hard. I guarantee you there's no way all those porgs made it out of the giant porg factory without some hugs. I, even you will. You would see that giant pork, and you might not do it in front of me, but like if I turned my back, I bet you'd hug it. Oh yeah, I'd hug him. One for the road. One for the road, little pork, big pork. <coughs> um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, but uh, so all my anxiety. Oh, and poor Jesse on the way to Target. She just had to hear me bitching the whole time. Ugh, why am I even doing this? I'm going to get there and there's going to be a ton of people in line. This is a total waste of time. And, and she was like, you don't know that. Maybe they're going to have a bunch of stuff. And I was like, they never have a bunch of stuff. That's Hasbro's thing. We don't have a bunch of stuff. That's their slogan. And uh, she was right. As she normally is, she was right. Tell, tell your sister she was right. Um... But, uh, yeah, it turned out just fine. Had no problems getting all the stuff I was looking for in one fell swoop. What's interesting when you go to one of these events is, like, I'm so sort of tunnel-visioned and single-minded about what I'm looking for that I just assume everybody's going to be going for the same stuff as me, right? 
mm-hmm. and that's not the case. Like two or three people in front of us that were in front of us were there for only Lego and Funko Pops. They didn't even look at Black Series. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it wasn't like I was having to fight through the crap. You, you would have thought I was, though. I was on a, a man on a mission. I guarantee you came ready. You came ready to fight. And Jer- at one point, I was going through all the, uh, you know, the 3.75 Hasbro figures, the smaller ones, and mm-hmm. making sure I got one of each of the, the one in the first wave, like just like a machine, like Rose, Paige, the Hux, the Finn. Hey, Jesse, did I get a Rose yet? Okay. Stormtrooper <laughs> Kylo. Uh, 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 where's a Luke? There's not a Luke. Oh, there's a Luke. Um, and Jeremy was trying to point something out to me, and I didn't even hear him. Like, I was so focused. Wow. He couldn't even break my Star Wars, like, tractor beam on Star Wars toys. Um, but, I hey, and I even put a couple of things back. Like, after I put all the I'm stuff. I'm proud of you. I was like, ooh, I want this, 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 and this. And then I sat and stopped and, like, caught my breath. And, like, calm down. Because we had to stick around and wait for them to draw for the two Porgs. And, like, I let it settle in. And I was like, all right, you know what? I can put a couple things back. These probably won't be that hard to find. Um, Let's go ahead and and, and lighten the load a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what Jeremy picked up? That's a real cool. He picked up the new um, Poe Black Series helmet. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't know that was even in store. Yeah, yeah, it, it came out for Force Friday, and it looks really cool. <clears throat> um, probably one I'll end up picking up at some point. I always say that about those Black Series helmets, but I've yet to get one of those things. I'm always like, oh, I'll get that eventually. Yeah, that Kylo helmet has been on my wish list for two years now, and I still haven't jumped the gun. The helmets and the masks are so cool. Yeah, I know. They did, they did not have those when I was growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know. and then, you know... God forbid, like, they do a Boba Fett Black Series helmet. Like, I won't be able to talk about anything else. And then it'll, it, they'll be like, oh, we got one in. And then, you know, an employee stole it. You know, those helmets and those masks are one of those items that the more that they come out with and the more that you have, like, the way better the display ends up looking, you know? Right. Like, you start off uh, with just the Kylo, and it's like, yeah, I got a Kylo helmet. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Rogue One comes around, maybe you pick up a Stormtrooper helmet. Last Jedi comes around, you pick up the X-Wing fighter pilot helmet. Then that's, I think, three. That's when you can say, I got a helmet collection. Mm-hmm. That's when it officially becomes a collection, I guess. <clears throat> um, but yeah. What would was, you estimate your collection's value at? You know, I, I don't know that I've ever sat down and really thought about that. I don't know that I have anything that is like any one piece that's like astronomically valuable yeah you know? right i don't know that i have well i mean any... that's because a lot of your purchases are new right you got some real old stuff that's cool but yeah but even those it's I mean, gonna take a while for your stuff to get yeah rare. i mean i would think of my black series collection i've probably got a handful of figures that are worth in like the hundred dollar range yeah um just because either they're older and were harder to get, or they're like Comic Con and different con exclusives and stuff, right? Um, I don't know what like my most expensive Funko Pop would be. Even even that, the most expensive one I have, or the one worth the most, probably wouldn't be that you know high value. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my collection would be. It's honestly something that I've thought about at some point I should probably look into insuring. Because the, I mean, just the sheer mass of your collection is what's impressive. It's not all one thing. It's it's a lot of different things. Like it should be museumed somewhere. You know, it, that's you should... that's the plan. It's going to be in uh, in your old room. That's the Star oh, okay. Wars room, and that's also going right to become on. the the podcast studio as right. well. Once the awesome. once the Star Wars collection is in place, then I'm going to move the table and stuff in there, and then. It'll be studios like I'll be surrounded by Star Wars. Um, You'll have to insure it then. Yeah, it's I just don't know where to begin. Like, I know you know you can get special collectible insurance, but you kind of have to sort of like uh, sit down and inventory everything. Yeah, and and figure out what its general worth is and stuff. So that would be quite an undertaking at this point. You know, you should do that anyway, just to know what you've got. I. I'm not joking. I need to do that in a big bad way because it's getting to the point, not so much with Black Series. I have a pretty good uh, idea of what I have and what I'm missing with that. But with the smaller figures, I'll go out and there'll be a bunch of those on clearance and I don't pick them up because I don't know if I have it already. Mm -hmm. And it's just because they do so many of those. You know, there's like... 10 to 12 in each wave so it gets to the point where i like i can't remember and i don't want to double buy them and stuff so i should and the hard part too about like the star wars figures is that they're so popular that and there's so many of them that you wouldn't even know if something just fluctuated overnight you know because yeah. it's, it's just impossible to keep track of all that yeah so it's something i need to do just in case that something ever happens you know i lost an entire star wars collection in a house fire when i was a kid so it has happened and it can happen knock on wood maybe you know that's a once in a lifetime thing but you never mm -hmm. know i've got a couple of carded vintage figures but i don't necessarily know that either of them are like the rarest figure and the cards aren't necessarily in like pristine condition either but do you still play the uh, top Star Wars card trader? I do a little bit here and there, but honestly, recently I've just been logging in and like hoarding all my credits. Yeah. I've got like several million credits backed up wow. and saved. I, I actually meant to get on today and look and see if they had any sweet uh, Last Jedi stuff going. Did you say a million credits? <laughs> Um, that's a lot of credits. Are you still doing that? Is, that? that is a lot of credits. <laughs> are you still doing the card trader, Evan? No, not too much. I was actually asking because uh, whenever the Force Awakens came out, I was like heavy onto it, and I got uh, a few of the limited items, and um, I think I was gonna just sort of give the cards away to somebody who wanted them because I felt bad them just sitting there if I wasn't gonna pick it up. Um, but I think the like the rarest card, which is it's extremely random, but it's a green tie on Medin from uh -huh. Utapau. Um So he, I think I have like a few limited edition, but I wanted to give them to somebody so that they could get some use out of them. So <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, there's got to be, you know, when the last time I was hardcore playing around with that Star Wars card trader is mm, our buddy Sal for making Star Wars and the Rogue Rebels, uh, mm -hmm. was hunting down 
the they did a special Rebels set, like a vintage Rebels set or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he posted on his Twitter, "Hey, if any of you guys got those cards, uh, help me out." And I was sitting on like three million credits at the time, and I was like, "Oh, you want help? I got you. <laughs> Here it comes. You're getting shipments of Rebels cards every day, son." And I think that's Did really you- uh, uh, when the last time I really messed around with it. I did see uh, on Twitter some people posted the, I think it was maybe like six images of the new cards from The Last Jedi set, and they were really nice. Yeah. they. Do you guys remember for The Force Awakens, they did, um, I, you never really did the card trader, huh, Will? No. I think the last card trading thing I did was The Rage of Bahamut. Now, this isn't like that. This isn't like a game. This is literally just collecting digital trading cards. Oh no, I've seen yours though. Yeah, um, I, I think so. They did that for the Force Awakens, where they did like six or seven images of the main characters. Yeah, and, and then, there's a lot of like lore in there still, right? Ah, uh, like you know, I don't. Stuff. I don't really know if they do that much anymore, where you could sort of flip the card over and read the back. I know you can flip the card over in the app, but I don't necessarily know that they have much text on the back. It's been too long since I've messed with it to really know. Um, but the, a lot of those images then ended up also being like posters and stuff that you would see at Toys R Us. Yeah. And like the big, you know, like where you go and look and you're like, oh, look, Justin Bieber poster, a fucking Transformers poster, Spider-Man. Four Star Wars posters. Like, the one that I always sort of think of is Ray. It was like a, a shot of Ray walking on Jakku with um, with BB-8. It's not a photo. It's an illustration, though. Is it that one where, like, there's also the part of her where uh, her eyes are, like, squinting and her hair's blowing? Yes. Like, I think... Okay. Yeah, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Um... So I that's I was that was a long way for me to get to. I think those images that we've seen from the uh, card trader app for the Last Jedi. I think that's going to end up being a lot of that type of promotional material. We'll probably see those mm-hmm. on puzzles and <clears throat> you know posters and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's always fun for to me is when the you know the promotional stuff really starts hitting in a big way. Yeah, and I think there's a lot there. Well, I should say there's enough variation from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi that it still feels like really new and really fresh. You know what I mean? Like hanging up uh, a Last Jedi poster next to a Force Awakens poster wouldn't feel redundant just because, you know, you have so many new characters injected into it. Yeah, so. and well, and, and they really seem like they're sort of. Not overly heavy, but they're really pushing the new Praetorian Guards as far as promotion. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing a lot of that. That makes it feel new. At first, like when the um, sort of the first images of them started leaking and stuff, I wasn't quite sure about the design of them. Where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know about these guys. But now seeing more of them and seeing them in like figure form and, and then the out, uh, the. Um, the uh you know the cards and and artwork official artwork and stuff mm-hmm. uh, i think they look really cool they've got this really mm-hmm. neat samurai meets medieval knight look to them 
They look yeah. like they're going to be the badass mini-bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever their designs first came out, like the, I felt the same way that you did. They sort of, uh, the images that came out sort of reminded me of when you go to get like a Halloween costume at a store. And, um, <laughs> like you, you go to Party see, City like, or something? Yeah, exactly. And you see like the sample like person in the costume. That's like what I felt that it kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever I saw more and more images, I'm like, no, I, I kind of like where this is going. Yeah, now I just sent both of you guys like four images from the cards. It's not all of them by far. Oh yeah, but uh, the one the one that turns out to be my favorite, which is crazy because I don't really gravitate to the dark side stuff. There's a picture of Kylo Ren uh, kneeling down, holding his saber, and he's got two guards on either side of him, and Snoke is kind of looming in the background. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a cool image. I love that look on Snoke's face. He looks scary as fuck. He does. He looks pissed. He really does. And like, I don't know, just the way that Kylo kind of looks like um, a knight. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's very medieval looking. And dude, I dig some medieval shit. So I, I always love when Star Wars sort of veers on the side of fantasy more so than sci like i love the mix but when the fantasy elements are sort of heightened and um and pushed to the forward i always really enjoy that so and that's what that image screams to me is like fucking you know king arthur's court meets star wars or some shit yeah that's easily the strongest of all the images for sure um so, buddy, uh, we haven't talked since uh, Rogue One, right? You haven't been on since Rogue One? Yeah, I think the last time I was on was, yeah, the Force Friday before Rogue One. And uh, that's about it since then, yeah. Okay, so why don't uh, Will and I get a little updated on you before mm-hmm. we jump into the... There's a couple of small little pieces of news that we'll cover. Um, okay. <laughs> first off, um, what did you think of Rogue One? So... It's kind of interesting because whenever I first saw it, um, I thought it was by far, as I think this happens to everybody, but I thought it was by far one of the best Star Wars movies I had ever seen. Um, it had everything that I sort of wanted to see in it. Bail Organa was like a big win for me because I really liked the prequels. So seeing him in it was really exciting. Um, and I thought Felicity Jones did an amazing job. And I thought she was really good in it. Um, the plot was really good. Vader was good. And then I think I saw it four times in theaters. And I think by the third time, I started to sort of get past the honeymoon phase. Right. And I was like, okay, this is really good. But the problem is, is that I'm used to viewing Star Wars as a continuation, uh, like expecting something next, some, some new character development. And there's just nowhere to go with these characters. Um, and, and comics and books and, and everything can only do so much. So it, I was kind of bummed a little bit about that. And even after I bought it, cause I bought it the day that it came out on Blu-ray and the day that I bought the force awakens on Blu-ray, I watched it a bunch of times and I actually didn't even watch, watch Rogue One until I would say a month ago. Yeah. So, now, um, yeah, I think I have experienced what you're talking about with every single Star Wars movie that I've seen mm-hmm. in the theater. 
uh, you know, when it's on its first run. I'd already seen the originals when the special edition came out. But I know exactly what you mean. You come out of the theater and you're just on that fucking crazy Star Wars high. So you're like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Holy exactly. shit balls, you know? And mm-hmm. then, you know, after a because like, with just it, to be honest, it never happened with Rogue One where I came out and I was like, that's my favorite one ever. That it never mm-hmm. hit me that hard. I was like, that was great. I just, I, I, I think honestly, because of its being so closely released to The Force Awakens, I had The Force Awakens to, to like hold it up to. And I was like, it was great. I just didn't like it as much as The Force Awakens. And yeah. that's still how I feel. I think it's great. I just don't like it as much as The Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's something that I always wonder, too, is like, what is going to be the legacy of that film in the long run? I think one thing that sort of benefited it, though, is sort of how much of a struggle the Han Solo movie is, is experiencing. And I think that took a lot off of Rogue One has been and will be the most problematic Star Wars movie as far as production goes. I think now it, the crown goes to Han Solo, regardless of how good or bad it turns out. You know, no, it's just there, yeah, there is no doubt the the production on Han Solo was way worse than Rogue One. Mm, I mean, absolutely. You know, he may not have been, you know, given the full reins to do the movie exactly as he saw fit, but they still kept Gareth Edwards around. You know, yeah. Which exactly. I think is. I, I think, go ahead, buddy. Oh, and I was just saying, which sort of bumps me out though, because when I watched Rogue One and all the controversy surrounding it, all I kept thinking about was, okay, where were the Gareth parts and where were some of the rewrite parts? And I hated that I did that, but I couldn't help it, you know? Yeah, it's hard not to. And the same thing will happen with Rogue, uh, with Han Solo. Now, the one thing I think might stand in Han Solo's benefit in that regard is that I think they're redoing so much of the movie that mm-hmm. it'll be pretty obvious that. You know, uh, and especially getting like such a strong director, well-known director, established director as Ron Howard, that it'll be very obvious that Ron Howard's vision of that movie and that character is what we will be presented. So Mm -hmm. I I think, I mean, it's always going to be in our the back of our minds, like, oh, was this pre-reshoot? Was this, you know, after reshoots or or whatnot? Um. And it's just, it's crazy because we'll never know. Like, we'll never, yeah. you, you know, there's they're never going to be like, oh, guess what we're releasing? The Gareth Edwards cut of Rogue One. And, yes, exactly. And for sure, they're never going to release the Lord and Miller cut of Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no way. <laughs> never. All. And, uh, you know, and you made a good point, though. That's like whenever you watch Rogue One, even though it had less of a problem than Han Solo did, you could arguably say that it's a 60-40 split where with Han Solo, it's probably 80-20, 20 being, um, you know, the setup shots, the environments, just sort of passing shots, things that didn't have to actually do too much with dialogue and everything. Yeah, probably a lot of the action action shots, for sure, effect shots, like all the ILM work, I'm sure they kept that, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's not even really in the director's hands at this point with, with Lucasfilm. Yeah. Like, they're like, you go make... The people stuff will handle the, you know, crazy effects and stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. And, you know, that's a, that's a mistake that I made whenever Rogue One came out is I rushed too quickly to make my uh, top eight list at that point. And now i got to sort of just cool it with The Last Jedi when that comes out and learn my lesson. So. You know, I think I'm going to refuse to rank 
do my quote unquote rankings on on the show anymore until after at least episode nine and probably after episode nine has been out at least on blu-ray to where i can sort of soak it all you know it's different Mm -hmm. going to see it in the theater than when you can you know while you're cleaning the house or or working or doing whatever pop the movie in and just sort of absorb it over and over again and really get a feel for it Um, yeah so I think I'm going to withhold on that because I, I guarantee you I come out of Rogue One or uh, The Last Jedi. I'm like, that, that's it. That was the best one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's also sort of unfair for me, too, because I've unfairly judged, um, you know, The Force Awakens on certain aspects, which isn't really right to do because I like the prequel trilogy. But if I only based it off of The Phantom Menace, then I would feel a little different about it. You know what I mean? So... It, you know, the story of the sequel trilogy isn't done, so you can't judge it on the first chapter. Right. So. I mean, you can definitely judge an individual movie on its move, you know, merits as a movie. Like, you can watch A New Hope or, you mm-hmm. know, any of the other Star Wars movies, not just A New Hope, but any of them, and judge them like, if you take away the trilogy concept, is it just a good, enjoyable movie? And I've yet to see a Star Wars movie where I was like, no, nah, that wasn't a good, enjoyable movie. So yeah, even I mean, even as much had, shit as I throw at Attack of the Clones, like I still enjoy it when I'm watching it. There's just some parts that get under my skin a bit. And you had the perfect quote uh, on several of your episodes where you had said, "You know, is Attack of the Clones my favorite Star Wars movie? Not even close." But I would pick that over pretty much over any other movie out there because it's Star Wars, you know, and that's sort of how I feel. Right. So, so we're talking about the Last Jedi. It is. Whew, we're getting <laughs> up to what? little over three months now i think 104 days wow until we get to see this movie how are you feeling about it leading in what are you looking forward to i'm actually really really excited i i have come to expect that i won't get a lot from snoke which i'm completely okay with i am really worried about luke skywalker and it's because you know it it's a it's it's twofold one is is that I've sat on what did Luke do after and what do I perceive Luke to be after Return of the Jedi. And the second is, regardless of what I get, I would never want Luke to die, and that's a concern for me. I don't think it will happen in The Last Jedi, but I just don't want to see the prospect of Star Wars with no Luke Skywalker. You're so dead on. You're dead on. You feel the same way, too? Yeah, preach. Yeah, no, you're good. (laughs) Yeah, look, I was a mess when Han Solo died in The Force Awakens. I don't know, like, (laughs) I don't know that I would be able to podcast the same night as a movie where they kill Luke Skywalker. I hope they don't put me to that We would get back to your apartment and I'd be like, dude, I don't know if I feel like it. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I don't feel like it. You know, one of the biggest things that bothers me about it and what I keep thinking about is, you know the era from a new hope forward i mean george lucas isn't involved i'm sure john williams will be stepping back soon unfortunately we lost carrie fisher han solo's character was killed off it's like luke is sort of the last you know gasp from the original trilogy i mean frank oz isn't getting any younger and i I feel like luke is like he's it you know yeah yeah that is a very good point now the one thing, the thing I feel like 
the Force Awakens did so well. And, and it went before the movie. I said the one thing they have to nail more than anything is giving us new characters that we care about. Mm-hmm. That new characters that can stand up with these classic characters and be in the same scenes as these uh, classic originally tr- original trilogy characters that we care about just as much as them. And right now, I do. I feel that way. Like I am all yeah. about some Ray, Finn, Poe, you know, like the whole crew. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think that's strong, and I think the prospect of a sequel to the sequel trilogy. Uh, it's strong based off of how much I like those characters. Now, mm-hmm. we've only gotten those characters for one movie. How is that going to change over the course of two movies? You hope at some point those characters grow and change. You know, you just don't know how you'll feel about them afterwards. Exactly. And I think the number one thing that I'm most excited for for The Last Jedi is uh, the aspect of multiple narratives. Like, I, of course, I did like The Force Awakens, but it was a linear story following the people in the moment. Uh, the only cutaways were sort of associated with Kylo and the dark side. But outside of that, it was basically following Finn, Rey, and Han Solo all together. This, The Last Jedi, you're going to have, uh, you know, Poe's situation with Leia. You're going to have Finn's situation with Rose. And you're going to have Kylo and Snoke. You're going to have Luke and Rey. And that sort of harkens back to an Empire Strikes Back narrative, which is why it works so well, is because they gave the moments with Luke and Yoda time to breathe whenever they cut back to Chewie, Han, and Leia. Right. And I, I think that's going to work really well from, I mean, from my viewing experience for The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I, and I think, you know, if they follow sort of Empire's uh, formula of sort of just being more about the characters as well, sort of deepening the characters and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that that could be really cool as well, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I agree. So, uh, we talked about Rogue One, we talked about Last Jedi, so before we do any other news, why don't you uh, update our good listeners on what you've been up to with your art and stuff. I've seen a project you've been working on. You've been teasing it on your Instagram and stuff. And uh, I am, I'm just going to say right now, I'm really digging the artwork I've seen. It reminds me of scary stories to tell in the dark. If you're familiar with those books. I am actually, that's actually really funny. If you say that, that's, that's something that like I've gone to look back to and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's sort of close. Um, but, so essentially, uh, the last book that I did was Roles Reversed, that you guys, you know, I really appreciate you guys sort of promoting that on the podcast every week for a while. And that was a very lighthearted, you know, kind of jokey sort of thing. But now I sort of switched to the story. Uh, it's called The Scout Beast. Um, so essentially what it is, is it's three individual stories that are going to be in one book. Um, it's going to be mostly written pages, but there's going to be a full page illustration every uh, couple pages or so. But it's going to be about this creature who appears uh, in these three certain situations whenever an, an animal is being mistreated. And it basically appears, and there's obviously more to it relating to each story, but it's it scalps the abuser and assimilates the scalp to its fur and it's what it's made out of and then rips the bones out of their body and impales himself with it. And then 
essentially make sure that the animal is protected if possible. But there's, of course, a narrative aspect to it. It's not just pop in, pop out, and that's it. Um, so I'm trying to come up with uh, a lot of good variation to the stories because I don't want it to feel like, you know, the same thing three times or even two times. Um, right. So I've been working uh, really hard on that. And my plan is is that every single cent that I make off of it, I want to donate to the Humane Society. Um, so because uh, I'm, I'm a big animal guy. So you, buddy, you had me at hello with this i was always like <laughs> fuck yes i am down yeah. with this and then it just keeps getting better um mm -hmm. yeah you know what uh we'll talk after this i think we'll we'll work out some sort of uh <clears throat> special contest for the blue harvest listeners if they send oh, me I, i'm That's thinking just that. off the top of my head if they email me a proof of purchase then we'll enter them into some sort of Blue Harvest prize pack. Maybe a couple of shirts oh, and awesome. some stickers and stuff. Um, man, I can't wait to see it. And and uh, when I said that the artwork reminds me of scary stories to tell in the dark, that's a compliment for me because those were yeah. some oh, yeah. books that scared the shit out of me as kids, as a kid, and I really dug as a kid too. So <clears throat> um, yeah, I really I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like whenever I was going into it. The, the approach that I took was, of course, I would never actually hurt any person, but I was thinking like, you know, the anger when you hear these sad stories on the news and the way that these animals are being, you know, abandoned and mistreated and stuff. And it's like in that moment when you feel that anger, like, what do you just, what do you want to do? Like, how, wouldn't you just love to just fix it somehow? And that's sort of like what this story is, is um, this imaginary situation where you sort of make it right, if possible, with this creature that you know, is beyond comprehension and sort of thing. So that's sort of the approach that I took whenever I started writing it. I'm not finished, of course, but um, actually sent a page of an illustration to Ben Layton on Twitter, um, to tease it to him, and he was really, really great and supportive about it and said that he would tell everybody about it. So, but yeah, like I said, every cent I would be donating because it's the whole concept is about animals and stuff. So it's only fitting. Dig it. Well, where can people go to get a little... Uh, preview peek at some of this artwork actually what i can do is um on my twitter today whenever this episode debuts on saturday which would be august or i'm sorry september 2nd now wow um i will post an illustration in the afternoon to tease everybody who is hearing this right now so they can get a look at it and i'll make sure i pin it so you could sort of see the uh, aesthetic approach that i'm going to take <laughs> for it. that is an excellent yeah. idea well, yeah, I am, thank you. I'm really looking forward to that, buddy. So I'm I'm glad. I really appreciate the contest idea. That's awesome. It's gonna be cool. Um, I think you will. So yeah, you guys should look forward to that. That's gonna be great. Um, now let's talk a little news. We got a little news this week. Nothing huge, um, but some interesting things. We were kind of talking before we started recording. There's always at least a little bit of information that ends up coming out because of Force Friday, because of stuff, you know, uh, related to the products and descriptions and things. Right. The first one that I've got, uh, I was lucky enough last night to score the Target exclusive First Order Stormtrooper Executioner. Uh, if you remember any descriptions off of Making Star Wars... Uh, they're pretty much 100% on. Uh, Will, have you seen these guys yet? They're the stormtroopers uh, that have like the black stripe on their mask. 
I think I have, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> this is how they're described, and this has also been updated on the StarWars.com databank. The First Order can only operate effectively with the absolute loyalty of its followers. Should any soldier be found guilty of treason, it is up to this special branch, branch of Stormtrooper to dispense final justice. Whoa. So, to me, it sounds like, I mean, they specifically mentioned treason. To me, that sounds like they're being sent after Finn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's immediately where my mind goes. So, these guys must be tracking down Finn. That sounds cool to me. And uh, they've got a badass-looking weapon. Uh, it is not necessarily like this, the baton-type weapon that that one storm, the riot stormtroopers had in The Force yeah. Awakens. This is more like, I don't know, a, a mace or an axe or something. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I would almost bet that we're going to see Finn facing off against one of those guys, at least. Uh, yeah. Another interesting little bit uh, about Finn, the Wave 2 of Last Jedi Black Series figures hit in some areas. We didn't get them around here, but that wave has Finn in his First Order disguise that we saw from uh, the behind the scenes, right? That wasn't in the trailer. It was in the behind the scenes. Yeah, that was the behind the scenes. Yeah. and that figure comes with one of those baton weapons from the first, the Force Awakens. Oh, that's nice. interesting. Because I was wondering what his weapon would be. Yeah. And so, you put all that together, something tells me Finn and Rose go on some sort of, you know, undercover mission. And Finn ends up having to duke it out with those guys and maybe Phasma. Uh, mm-hmm. with one of those weapons. And that sounds like something I am all about. The, yeah, the idea agree. of. Yeah, I feel like that that uh, executioner is going to sort of be the uh, like the mini boss. some Somebody that he can struggle with, but ultimately defeat until he gets to Phasma, which to me, I feel like she should... It's tough, because I feel like Finn should get a win based on how The Force Awakens ended, but Phasma got it worse. So it's like, who do you give that edge to, you know? I kind of feel like, personally, that um, I don't think Finn will die, but I think he will not emerge the victor between he and Phasma. Just because, like you said, I think this movie is going to be where they can sort of redeem Phasma, for lack of a better term, and, and give her a solid win against one of the heroes. And then, you know, if it all plays out, Logically. Try to resolve in the next movie. Yeah, then yeah. you get like sort of the final Finn versus Phasma. You know, they could even pull sort of a, like a similar callback to the end of uh, the Empire Strikes Back, and maybe they end up keeping Finn. You know, similar to how Han Solo was kept by Jabba, and it makes you wonder for you know about a, a what two years, like what what becomes of him, and what are they doing with him? You know, right? That could be interesting. That could be interesting instead of. Just knocking him down again and putting him right back into a, a back to suit again. Yeah, I don't know that he'll necessarily get as messed up and injured as um, he did in The Force Awakens. I could see mm-hmm. it being one of those things where it's kind of a draw and 
something separates the fight, something interrupts the fight where they both got to hightail it out or something, you know? Yeah, maybe like uh, like that's sort of where uh, Ray and Luke and Poe they all their stories meet, and that sort of forces a separation. Yeah, it could that could be very well what it is. Um, also added to the Star Wars databank is a little information on the new planet crate, which we saw in the trailer and stuff. It's the you know now famous shot of the uh, Resistance ski speeders uh, flying around on the planet, kicking up the red dirt. It says, now uninhabited, Crate is a mineral world dusted by a layer of white salt, reflecting the planet's sunlight. It was once the site of a Rebel Alliance outpost and has become a haven for the fleeing resistance forces. All Hmm. right. Sounds cool to me. So, yeah, it sounds like the resistance base is on Crate this time around. Fair enough. Um, You know. Nothing uh, earth-shattering. No earth-shattering news in there. Um, let's see. Let me see if there's anything else of interest being added. Um, Go ahead, bud. As, Go ahead, bud. As, I would say, as far as Crate goes, did you see on on Twitter that six-inch uh, Black Series Ray with that piece of Crate that came with it? Yeah. There. Okay, so for our listeners, you probably remember there were these exclusive sets to Kmart the last couple of years. One was Ray standing on Starkiller base, so it had like a snowy base. There was a Kylo with the snowy base. There was a Jin on Edu with like, you know, the rocks, the cliff and stuff. Well, they're bringing out quite a lot of these exclusive sets with like a fancy base. And like Evan said, one of them is Ray on Crate. One of them is Luke on Octu or Octo. Octo. I still have to get used to that. And uh, the other, I believe, is Kylo on like a Star Destroyer or something. Um, But yeah, it's looking more and more likely, giving some of the stuff we saw in the behind the scenes and this, that uh, Ray will be returned or will be on crate. Now, I mean, you can't always take, sometimes you just got to take toy stuff with a, a grain of salt, but I don't know. That seems to be several things that point, are pointing to the fact that we're going to see Ray off of uh, Octo, <laughs> and uh, and she'll be joining the fight on Crate, which I'm super glad about. I was kind of worried that Ray's whole story would take place on Och. You know, you know the planet, the yeah. planet with the Porgs. Yeah, I felt the same way though. I sort of thought that maybe the climax for her and Luke would take place on Octo and they would have to fight Kylo or the Praetorian guards or whatever. But the idea of her being on crate, like basically makes every theory that I had, you know, invalid now, which is, which is great because I don't want to know really what's happening when I go into it. So that's exciting. Yeah. You know, that's what I I've noticed with this movie. I feel like the level of spoilers that have come out have been just right. I have not been, (laughs) told anything about the movie or seen anything you know on making star wars and stuff from the movie that i was like oh i didn't want to know that you know um Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's been just right the porridge is just just damn ass right (laughs) yeah they have instituted that payment doc policy across the board and nobody wants to lose their money 
Mm. You know, I don't know what the deal is. I Something tells me, I, I don't know. I just get this feeling that maybe there's, and it, it would make sense, there's something really crazy that goes on in The Force or in The Last Jedi. So maybe things have just been on extra lockdown this yeah, time around. That that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's still time for stuff to come yeah. out. And, and the closer and closer the movie comes, the more and more will come out. It's... It's definitely going to, I think around the time of the last trailer will be when I completely cut all information off. Because at that point, I think the leaks will really start to come hard and heavy. And then, you know, we'll have the next wave of toys coming out and there'll be some spoilers associated with them, I'm sure. Especially the ones that they're not going to want us to see uh, until closer to the movie or after the movie. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I, I think we're at that sweet spot, like you said, where you sort of know where everybody is at on the chessboard, but you don't know their moves. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's the best spot. Or what order the moves come in, even. like Exactly, yeah. So I think I might be doing the same thing as you. I think the hardest part's going to be whenever Jason from Making Star Wars releases, if he does, uh, you know, that whole list of compiled spoilers in plot form. Because when The Force Awakens came out, I couldn't have clicked it fast enough despite saying that I'm going to stay away from spoilers. That's going to be the biggest test for me. So. Yeah, that's going to be tough for me too, buddy. I, I can, And I, I thankfully ended up pl- staying pretty spoiler-free for The Force Awakens. I knew a few small things, but the big stuff, you know, Han mm-hmm. dying, Kylo being their kid, uh, all that stuff, no clue about. No mm-hmm. clue about. And that was awesome. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It is going forward. Um, We got maybe my favorite bit of news because I love some damn ass spaceships. (laughs) Uh, And this comes from the uh, app that's associated with the new Sphero BB droid, the first order version of BB-8. And it gives us some information on the supremacy which is basically a bigger, more badass superstar destroyer. To me, it looks like a giant stealth bomber. And when he says giant, it's huge. Yes. Uh, 60 kilometers in length. Uh, it's called the Supremacy. <clears throat> As I said before, it says the Supremacy is the main ship of Supreme Leader Snoke. This massive ship is 60 uh, kilometers in length and is the sole mega-class Star Destroyer. So, let's put a little two and two together. There's uh, an expensive-ass BB-8 playset out right now that is Snoke's Mega Star Destroyer. So, basically, uh, it looks like that's where Snoke's hanging out, is on this uh, Mega Star Destroyer. Uh, (coughs) Makes sense because shortly after The Force Awakens, when the StarWars.com database was updated, uh, their description of Snoke listed him as not having like a base of operations, that he stayed in a mobile command center. So he couldn't really be pinned down. So basically that was sort of them hinting at this this new ship. Um, and I think it looks really cool. It is, to me like the freshest big star like big starship design we've seen in a long time in star wars Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, I you think, know, go ahead, buddy. No, 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 go ahead. I'll go after you. Sorry. I was going to say, I think, uh, you know, it's still got some of that Star Destroyer essence to it, but it's mm-hmm. not like even in the prequels when those Republic Star Destroyer things, like, you know, kind of just looked like smaller Star Destroyers. And then uh, the finalizer in The Force Awakens kind of just looked like an up-designed uh, Star Destroyer. So I really dig that. Yeah, I really like it too. I, I was uh, when I when I found it, and then you shortly sent it after. I looked at the screen screen rant article. Oh, and, uh, Dharma. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they if they listed it somewhere else, but they said in the screen rant article that it can dock star destroyers. Okay, so I don't know about star destroyers. In the other, seen, yeah. In the other picture, it says the supremacy is the central command headquarters for the first order fleet, serving dual purpose as a massively scaled battleship. The colossal mm-hmm. ship not only carries stormtroopers into battle; it also harbors ships and can build and fix ships on board. Okay, yeah. That so sounds, that sounds way more realistic. Well, not realistic. I guess none of it is, but you know. <laughs> Hey, then, it says ships. I guess Star Destroyers could be considered oh. in that. That would be crazy to see. Could you like, imagine that? I mean, it, it's 60 kilometers in length. That's pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. I, I Is that the biggest ship in Star Wars ever? I don't know. Like, I have to see I, one of those. I think so. I have to see one of those. It's infra- bigger than the Executor. Is it? If it is, that's oh. what I'm saying. I think it is. So I was man. pretty sure the Executor is the biggest one. I it always I always have to see one of those infographics. You know what I'm talking about, where they put like you know, they put them side by side and mm-hmm. to show you how big they are to really grasp it. But yeah, it sounds like this is just a big fuck all ship. It makes me wonder if the mission that Finn and Rose are on is to infiltrate this thing. That would be mm-hmm. seem like a risky ass. And he, how would they even get on the ship in the first place? Yeah, um, that, that that's a good question. It also makes me wonder if the destruction of that ship will be their one of their goals in episode nine. Yeah, you know, I I think that because if you take the Force Awakens, where they basically the Resistance eliminated the First Order super weapon, and then let's if we work under the assumption that in the second one their goal was to eliminate their fleet, that would set up episode nine to be a perfect like very ground level sort of, you know, we are, we are, we have nothing left with the resistance. We have nothing left with the first order. Let's just do this, you know? Right. That's exactly where my mind went was, I want to see it, I want to see it blow up. Like, yeah. all right, this is a cool ship. I can't wait to see how they destroy it. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, is there any chance this motherfucker doesn't blow up at some point? I don't think Hell so. Hell no. No. I guarantee it probably blows in episode nine. Um, my favorite thing is in the back view of it, how many damn engines are on the back of this thing. It's not mm-hmm. a star destroyer where there's what, like three engines in the back. No, there is like, I don't know, 20 engines. So it's an absurd amount of engines. I hope that like when they were sitting down with the art department and Ryan Johnson saw the sketch of the ship, he was like, I like that, but I need eight more engines on that thing. Y'all. <laughs> yeah, I need some yeah. more engines, engines on top of engines. He's sitting there looking at it. It's like, no one's going to believe this unless there are more engines. 
I think it's really cool though that like because it's more of like a wide frame, it could promote more of like uh, an environment than just hallways and a hangar. You know, like this, it's essentially like uh, a floating like island in a or, way. Yeah, you know? it's it's almost like uh, to use. Is a that mic- where Snoke is going to finish Kylo's training? Oh, I guarantee. Well. Okay, so Snoke is solely based on this Mega Star Destroyer, and at the end of The Force Awakens, he says, bring Kylo Ren to me so I can complete his training. I think exactly. I think that's exactly where Kylo is headed. And, yeah. and that makes me wonder a question that I have for you guys, is that we sort of have gotten enough tidbits with Ray and Luke and Finn and Rose and a little bit of Poe and Leia to kind of get an idea of what they're doing, but what do you guys think will be like the content of the cutaway like to Kylo and Snoke's like roles especially with Snoke being told that or them telling us that Snoke isn't going to have like a big role in it um i don't know like are we going to see um are we going to see him training with Kylo i would think so i don't know i'm kind of i guess extrapolating on some of the um, the behind-the-scenes footage where we saw Kylo, or Adam Driver, sort of training, and it looked like he was training against more than one person. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wonder if maybe Snoke has him, or he, by his own wishes, he trains against the pra- Praetorian Guards. Um, I could see maybe some of that, but I don't really know... You're right. I don't really know what um, Kylo is going to be up at, up to in this one. I know a lot of the um, uh, packaging and stuff for like the Black Series figure and some other stuff says basically says that you know he was embarrassed by his defeat at the end of the Force Awakens and now he's looking to redeem himself. You know, in the fight against the Resistance. Yeah, exactly. And I have heard even less about what, like, what Hux might be up to. You know, because even if he doesn't have a lot to do, it makes you wonder, like, where does Snoke place him in the plans now? I mean, does he go after Leia and Poe in this situation? I mean, mm-hmm. I guarantee Hux is going to blame it on Kylo. And Kylo is going to blame it on Hux. It's yeah. going to be that same back and forth that <laughs> Hux will say it was Kylo's fault that everything went to shit. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that whole relationship that they had in Force Awakens where they didn't really get along, I'm sure that's that's not much change there. Um, I'm sure they're going to still be sort of butting heads. Yeah, that's weird. I don't I, if you ask me right now, what sucks do in the Force in the Last Jedi? I got no clue. I'm yeah. sure being smarmy is part of it. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> perfectly parting his hair like um uh, also like you said don't I, I like the first order side of things is seems to be the side of things that i know the least about just from stuff that's been released and whatnot right mm-hmm. um i don't know man i don't really know but it is a good question what do you think he's gonna be up to buddy evan Evan, are you there? Evan? Buddy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bees. Bees. All right, I think we got that straightened out. A little technical issue. Uh, before that sprung up, I was I was asking you, Evan, what do you what do you think Kylo and 
crew are going to be up to in this one? Uh, honestly, after hearing that Snoke has such a limited role with the film, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of the training so much. Um, I think we'll get a little bit of that from the beginning, but then I think that his next mission is going to be the fact that he... Uh, something that he ends up doing that leads him to find where Octo is or Crate. Something that has something directly to do with Luke Skywalker. Because he took uh, a big loss in The Force Awakens as far as finding where Luke's location was. But I think with him saying, you know, I see the island uh, whenever he's talking to Rey in The Force Awakens is his first clue. And I think he puts the rest of the pieces together in The Last Jedi. So... That's the only honest, that's honestly the only thing that I can come up with because the news on him has been so small, you know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds sounds as likely as anything, really. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so, before we get to emails and stuff, we got one last thing to cover. And uh because of our good buddy Chris Willis, I actually knew about this. I don't know that I would have seen this otherwise. Uh it appears that Paul Bettany, is that how you say his name? Plays, I believe so. Plays mm-hmm. the Vision in um, the Avengers movies. He was also the voice of Jarvis and Iron Man and stuff like that. He is going to be in Han Solo. Apparently, Ron Howard posted a picture of him today on set and uh, right on. Sounds cool to me. Yeah, uh, he's a really good actor. I like him. He yeah, is. I agree. I really, really enjoy him as the Vision as well. I thought he did a really good right. job with that. Uh, great. I don't know that they could have picked anyone better to be the Vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but I thought he was really good in that. And I also thought he was really good in uh, Civil War as well. So, hey, so sounds cool to me. I doubt it's a huge role, but interesting to see that Ron Howard is making as major changes as adding new adding roles. characters yeah. yeah so yeah like with with michael k williams leaving like it throws a wrench in things too you know yeah i i, I kind of wondered that at first i wondered like oh did they bring him in to play the same character as michael k williams and i kind of get the feeling that no that's not the case but i don't have anything to go on besides just sort of a a feeling. I'm hooked on this feeling. Yeah. Um, Are you? Bah, 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 uh, that high on believing. I am high on believing. That you're in love with, with me. Porgs. <laughs> hooked on a feeling. How could you not be? Did you oh, hear that? It's adorable. It is. I, uh, I gotta say, I didn't get nearly enough Porg stuff last night. And I got quite a few Porg things, but I don't know that there's an end. And I, I just hope like I don't leave the theater uh, after seeing The Last Jedi for the first time and go, like, what the fuck did I... Why did I get all that Porg stuff? Do you guys think that there's going to be like a singular Porg that's going to be like the C-3PO, R2-V2, and Chewbacca, and BB-8 sort of like added to the group? <laughs> I don't Pause know. Pause hopes, yes. I hope yes. Pause like, hopes, yes. That picture from Entertainment Weekly of Chewie in the cockpit with the Porg, like, I hope that's because Chewie is like, oh, I love this one Porg so much. He's my pet. He's my <laughs> yeah. my, my new best friend. We are going on cool. adventures together. 
Yeah, I think it would be funny if Chewie tried to eat one. Like everybody thinks that he might, but then the uh, the protectors of the island, those like weird looking fish ones, like scold him for it because they're already not happy that Luke's there. Let alone like Chewbacca. You know, that'd be a cool dynamic. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I uh... okay. This is my feelings on Chewie eating the pork. I think it's it's possible. You know, I think it is possible. I think you know that those freeze frames from the behind the scenes where it looks like he's got a feather hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. That's suspicious. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, here's the question. If Chewy eats a porg, do you put out a Funko pop of Chewy holding a porg? Do you put out, uh, you know, a three and three quarter inch figure that comes with Chewy and a porg? Like, isn't that kind of fucked up to sell those two, you know, essentially kids, and be like, oh, look, it's Chewie and this cute animal. And then they go see the movie and they're like, Mommy, Chewie <laughs> just ate the cute animal. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because it could literally be something like they do bring a, a porg on board and something happens like with the falcon that it gets turbulence and flips or something. And this, this porg's feathers just fly everywhere and sticks to Chewbacca's face and that's it. You know, like it could be yeah. something so small. I didn't even think about that. That is true. Like a, like a little like a little comedic moment where like it flies. That's everywhere. what I was gonna say. It could just be a gag, you know. Yeah. Somebody I, uh... thinks Chewbacca ate the porg, but then he didn't. Oh man, oh man. Yeah. If like you know the the Falcon is kind of like a house. It's like a flying house. Like they live on it and stuff. And what makes a home better than a pet? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And a pet porg. I'm all about it. Chewy. When I think of the porgs, what I'm reminded of is um, those little tree spirits from Princess Mononoke. Um, okay, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The little heads that click and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of get that. Like, that's that's what I think about when I think about porgs. Like they're like a totem, like little island spirits or something. I don't know. Somebody pointed out online today that they kind of look like Grumpy Cat. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I like them even more now. Fuck. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got, let me check, two voicemails and two emails, so let's jump into those. But, uh, but there's be- only one way to jump into those. Yeah, jump in the fire! <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That song's Porg approved, officially. 
I heard him in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, the yeah. Poor, the, poor, the poor Gremix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gremix. <laughs> All right. So first up, uh, we've got our good buddy, Matt Frost. He says, hi, Halls and Will. Hope you're enjoying hi. the twilight of your summer over there. Although, as I understand, you have a humid subtropical climate. It's not like you're facing a soul-destroying descent into a Hoth-like winter. A combination of long work hours, a head cold, and a touch of existential dread made me drop my goofy outlook on life and actually ponder what I would like from a Kenobi spinoff film. Rogue One aside, none of the announced or rumored spinoffs have honestly meant that much to me. But after hearing Ryan Johnson talk about The Last Jedi and the obligations to give a character like Luke Skywalker another proper story arc, it occurred to me that they should have the same obligation to Obi-Wan. We know the start of the arc. Obi-Wan has defeated Anakin, agreed with Yoda and Bale to go into hiding, with Obi-Wan to give Luke to Owen and Beru and watch over him. There is a suggestion he may be able to contact Qui-Gon via Force Skype. <laughs> We also know the finish of the arc. Obi-Wan is still watching over Luke, but from a far distance. Owen sees him as a crazy old hermit and is quite hostile towards him and his influence. When the time and opportunity arises, he is ready to go join the fight, taking Luke with him. He also seems to have a pre-prepared point of view ready for young Luke. So what sort of arc do you think could fit in between those two points? You could quite reasonably say that you don't need one, but here's my synopsis. The events of Revenge of the Sith have left Obi-Wan Kenobi deeply traumatized. Though outwardly calm in his role as young Skywalker's guardian, Angel, the flashbacks and trauma of Padme and Anakin's death, along with the fall of the Republic and the Jedi Order, weigh heavy on his conscience. When news of a galactic massacre reaches Tatooine, the truth about Anakin's transformation into Darth Vader shatters Obi-Wan's thin veneer of control and leads to a well-meant but disastrous intervention into the Lars family's lives with tragic results. Further bur- burdened and completely bereft of confidence, a free-falling Ke- Kenobi must reach into his past, present, and future to rediscover his purpose, or Luke and his adopted fa- family face imminent peril? Can a former mentor, a fellow guardian angel, and a vision of future help Ben Kenobi remember what it means to be a Jedi Knight? Starring Ewan McGregor, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Peace, Jimmy Smits, and Hayden Christensen, with a special appearance from Liam Neeson. What would you guys pitch? Keep up the good work, guys, and hope you and your families are well and happy. Small savers, big hearts. Your buddy, Matt Frost, my dude. Uh, damn, Matt. If I think if you walked into Lucasfilm with that pitch, they'd be like, "That's solid. That's solid." You reach down and you touch my heart, Matt Frost. Um, what would I pitch? I need to think on that. Do you have a uh, an Obi Wan pitch, Evan? Um. So, see, it's tough because what I sort of would like to see is something um, sort of quiet for for Obi-Wan's story. But I think that the hype is too great for it to be anything less than him crossing paths with Darth Vader. Um, I think that that's where the, the WrestleMania of that is going to happen. You know, like that's what everybody sort of seems to 
like be rooting for because that's what's going to hit probably best with the masses. Um, I, I think the only thing for me that supports them meeting up again is the line when Obi-Wan says he's more machine now than man because he wouldn't have known that, you know? Okay. Um, that's a good that's point. It. That's honestly, for me, that's it though. This is the thing. It, to me, I really don't like the idea of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader meeting again until A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Takes all the fuel out of the meeting in A New Hope. Exactly. Because, because of a few lines, like, you definitely get the feeling in A New Hope that they haven't seen each other in forever. Vader even tells Obi-Wan, when I left, I was the learner, but now I'm the master, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's very safe to say that if Obi-Wan meets Vader in between episode three and four, he's not, Vader is not still a learner. He's a master at that point. So that yeah. would kind of contradict it. Now, you bring up a very good point. Only a master of evil, Darth. You bring up a good point in that Obi-Wan knows that he's more machine than man now, twisted and evil. At what point does Obi-Wan find out that Anakin survived and is now like Sidious's right-hand man? Because I imagine he just pieces it together. Um he knows the condition he left him in. He left him dying. Like Yeah, I'm sure see, he that's felt the, the life leaving his body. I always like I kind of assume that they think he's dead at the end of episode three, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at one, at what point does he find, cause they've kind of established in some of the newer Canon stuff that it's not like, you know, Darth Vader is some poster boy from the empire for the empire. He's kind of like, you know, they know about him within the empire and stuff or have heard about him, but it's not like every planet knows Oh, there's you know the emperor's got this dark enforcer called Darth you know Darth Vader, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you figure, if, if say Obi Wan is getting like this, you know, Star Wars version of of a newspaper, and he's reading it, and he's seeing the things that the Empire is doing, he's going to assume that that's the Emperor because Yoda told him that he failed, and that's why he's going into hiding. You know, because like you said, you wouldn't see Darth Vader on the cover and that he's doing something because. Only the inside, he's even a myth to the Empire's like elites, you know. But in Obi, in in defense of Obi Wan Kenobi, he wouldn't need to read the Star Wars new paper. He'd be in Mos Eisley, gleaning information skillfully from all the underworld mm. that passes through there. That's now, really good. Point. So, part of my pitch for the Obi Wan movie would definitely be him discovering that Anakin is still alive. Now. But that would be a without a face-to-face meeting. Um, And it wouldn't be the whole crux of the movie. I just think that would be a cool part of it. Um, I'm I'm definitely of the mind that I kind of would prefer Obi-Wan to just stay on Tatooine. If there's going to be an Obi-Wan movie between 3 and 4 and he's to have an adventure, I would kind of like it to just be set on Tatooine. That's going to be real weird, though. Tatooine is not necessarily the most interesting place, especially out where Obi-Wan lives. You know, it gets a little Get more... This. Yeah. Right. Get this, you ready? Yep. Okay. Open on Obi-Wan meditating, having some emotional fucked up shit about, oh, realizing Anakin is 
still alive and Anakin is Darth Vader. Uh, then in another Force dream, it comes to him that there is he sees young Luke Skywalker and <clears throat> in the future, but being tainted by something of the dark side. Uh, and that presence is on the planet of Tatooine. So he's got to stop. There's some influence on Tatooine that's going to inevitably seek out Luke and subvert him. So he's got to go take care of that on Tatooine to make his neighborhood safe, basically. And in the whole thing, he's torn about what he should do, whether he should stay with Luke or leave. And he's offered at some point in the end the opportunity to leave, but he chooses to stay and look over Luke. Right. And I've heard, you know, people say that like, oh, if there was like, what if Obi-Wan found out that there was like a, um, you know, a secret not base, but secret little group of Jedi that survived order 66 hiding out somewhere. And they're about to be found by the empire. And maybe what if that like makes him spring into action, you know, Mm -hmm. but the thing I have to say about that is if, if you have Obi-Wan interact with the empire too much, it becomes silly that Darth Vader and Tarkin think he's dead by now in a a Mm -hmm. new hope. They both like, Tarkin is like, no, he's, he's dead by now, you know? Um, so you can't even, in my mind, like if he interacts too much with the Empire, you would kind of think that any survivors or anybody that gets out of that would report back to commanding officers and eventually the word would get to Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah, um, I think that, I just think the core of it for me to be happy with it just has to be the threat in the film has to always affect the fate of Luke because that's, that's the core of why he's there. I think it would be interesting to have, regardless of what the threat is, perhaps Obi-Wan decides at one point that Tatooine is no longer safe for Luke and maybe he tries to take him from Uncle Owen and Amberu and that's sort of where the rift between them uh, starts coming up. Like, uh, you left him for us. He's our son, regardless of what you think his mission is, which is why he says, stay away from that crazy old wizard, you know? Yeah, that's another sort of relationship that would be cool to uh, explore in the movies. They've done it a little bit in the comics recently, I think, with some of those sort of Obi-Wan flashback issues they do. But to see that in the movies, like why Uncle Owen is so against Obi-Wan, you know? It'd be cool if he had to help him do something. It, it really would it be if it, oh man a, a a team up of those two guys like that would be an cool. adventure that had to that you know Obi Wan needed Owen's help and you know they accomplished it but it left Owen feeling very much like fuck this guy mm-hmm. yeah you don't need to have any, to do anything with this guy it's an interesting nut to crack this whole yeah, Obi Wan idea. I think it would be, I mean, I know that we're never going to get it, but I think what would help us sort of get this Owen angle correctly would be, um, you don't see Obi-Wan talk to Owen when he gives them Luke, but there has to be some sort of exchange, like, who this baby is, it's yours now, like, you know what I mean, like, what were some of the exchanges that happened that said what Luke is to them, or Obi-Wan saying, like, this is temporary, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing, did Obi-Wan just... Like, did he call ahead and be like, hey, uh, I got a baby for you? Or did he just show up and be like, hey, you remember that guy you met for like a couple of days <laughs> that came and avenged your stepmom's death? Um, mm-hmm. uh, here's his kid. Uh, watch over him for me. 
Like you think well, that he probably called ahead, right? That's you call ahead and make sure they're going to be like, like, what if he shows up and they're like, mm, I mean, I know he's just a little baby and stuff, but fuck a baby. I don't want a baby. Yeah, you know? like exactly. So yeah, that's because at some yeah, I'll say at some point Owen takes ownership over Luke whenever he basically tells him like you're not even going to go near Obi Wan, the person who gave you to us, you know? Right. Um, and and the thing is, is like, there's there's definitely cool things they can explore in an Obi Wan movie as far as his relationships and and how he feels like the idea of Matt that Matt was talking about like his survivor guilt and stuff you know following mm-hmm. the events of um the uh you know the uh, order 66 and all that that's also really cool the the question to me is what what is the conflict like what is obi-wan up against like you know the concept of him wrestling with his guilt and and you know all that is cool, but it doesn't necessarily make a Star Wars movie. There needs to be a villain. There needs to be you know a quest or a journey of some sort. Um, I, you know, it's, it's there's a lot to unpack with a Obi Wan movie, and a lot of things they could yeah. get wrong as far as like meddling with the canon too much. So I hope they just have all their ducks in a row, like hardcore, when they set out to do that movie you know something that just popped into my head was whenever if i'm not mistaken whenever obi-wan and ezra are together in rebels obi-wan doesn't exactly like he's not exactly blown away by ezra's presence and ezra's jedi right so it makes you wonder is there some sort of jedi exposure that happens in between whenever he gets to tatooine and when he meets ezra Mm -hmm. you know because you would think that after all the Jedi are gone, you send out this warning and you don't hear from them. And then one sits down next to you and you just don't really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then, and then like, you, so I, that I can, I guess I can kind of straighten out in my head because Ezra communicates with Yoda. If mm. Ezra is able to communicate with Yoda, I assume Obi-Wan uh. can. So like maybe Yoda was like, you'll never guess what fucking, he called up. <laughs> Uh, Obi-Wan, he's like, you'll never guess what fucking happened to me today. There's like this Jedi named Kanan, like he tried to hide that he was Jedi and put it aside, blah, 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 you know? I guess I can kind of explain that. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the prospect of a Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan movie. I just, it's one of those things that I, you know, they're they're pretty tight-lipped as far as plot summaries go, like, we don't have a plot summary for the Last Jedi, really. You know, we okay. definitely didn't have one for the Force Awakens. My here's the thing about an Obi Wan movie for me: I want it to be character driven. I don't want to see Obi Wan Kenobi Terminator or Obi Wan Kenobi Kung Fu Master. Like, I want to see. Like, it's not, I'm not saying I don't want to see him kick ass, but I don't want to see him doing bat flips and all kind of shit like i want to see i want to see him meditate a lot i want to see him use his force powers you know i want all that other stuff right i want to see him be a wise old man obi-wan kenobi that i liked in the beginning of a new hope the thing that obi-wan and kenobi is the hook for me like and especially being a little kid a little boy it's like i don't know like a teacher coming to you and saying oh you're special like you're i know it doesn't seem like it and you haven't been you know working on your special but you're special <laughs> right you're different and he hooks yeah. you for the whole ride 
I would actually give Lucasfilm props if we didn't see his lightsaber once. Oh, you know. Oh, it's my favorite lightsaber. I know. I yeah. love it so much too. <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. The problem, but it does raise a problem. The lightsaber. It's a very obvious sign of a Jedi. You know. Yeah. It's. I'll tell you this. It it wasn't beyond him to use it to lop off someone's arm in the cantina. Yeah, but he, knew he was leaving. Like you know what I'm saying? Like true. Like, I'm that's leaving. true. I'm leaving. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I. Uh, if he does use his lightsaber, it's almost like he's in a position where like he can't leave anybody to tell anybody else about it though, which is not right. exactly a position a Jedi should normally take. Mm. Where like, great, I got to wipe out all these, you know. <laughs> pirates or smugglers or whatever because they saw me with my lightsaber that's not a very jedi thing so yeah and if we're having fun with like picking out lines from a new hope one that you could pick out that could support him not igniting his lightsaber is whenever he hands luke uh anakin's and says what is how does he word it something about the weapon for a more civilized age i believe he says um, yes not as clumsy, your father's not as clumsy and random as a uh a blaster uh, an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Yeah, sort of. It sounds makes it sound like not, not only is did, was that lightsaber retired, but the lightsaber as a as an idea has been retired until that moment. You know, right? Yeah. One of the one of the quotes of Obi Wan that I lived by, you know, growing up was there are alternatives to fighting. Mm. That's what I like so much about. Obi-Wan Kenobi is that he is the master. Like, he doesn't even have to fight if he doesn't want to. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So, next up, we've got an uh, email from our buddy Robert, who, uh, who's uh, writing in about my existential crisis on last week's episode. <laughs> Yo, guys. Oh, yeah. So, based on your podcast from last week, I've got a weird thing that makes me freak out, and I'm wondering if you ever feel it too. It's got to do, it's got to do, with the theory of the multiverse. Do you ever choose to do something and then think, what if I chose the other thing? Or like if you drop a knife and it just misses it f your foot, do you ever wonder if there's an alternate universe out there where your foot didn't make it out alive? That shit gives me the creeps. Just wondering. Hopefully I didn't cause any panic attacks. Have a good week, guys. May the force <laughs> be with you. <clears throat> yeah, I think about multiverse every now and then. Oh, yeah. I think about that all the time. I think about mm -hmm. multiverses and multidimensionality. And, but you see, the thing about it is if there are enough, hey, that's just you and one choice, right? You're like, oh, there's another universe where I didn't make that choice or the opposite thing happened. But think about how many other dimensions and universes there have to be for every choice for every person. Right. To get that combination of what does and doesn't happen. Yeah, that mm -hmm. freaks me out a little bit to think about that. And it has to have... That means that there would be an infinite number of realities. Man. That's cool. It's like... Uh, do you watch Rick and Morty, Evan? Oh, yeah. I love Rick and Morty. It's like that episode in season one when they get the interdimensional cable box. And there's the reality where or no is that the yeah it's the same one where they can put on the uh they also he also gives um jerry the goggles where they can like yeah. <clears throat> see through the eyes of their alternate universe selves yes and yeah. the one dimension jerry is like the equivalent of tom hanks he's like the biggest movie star ever he's like in a, <laughs> um oh shit was what was that wachowski movie um 
Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. And he's like, you speak the true, true. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Or like whenever they end up uh, um, killing those versions of themselves and have to bury them and oh. continue on to another timeline. That shit is brutal. And that's, that's heavy. Dark. That's, that's one intense that, and dark and brutal. That's one of the the storylines or the things in the show that comes up fairly often. Like they re-reference that quite a lot mm-hmm. in the show. And Rick is right though. He's whenever he says the line about he's like dancers don't think about it, and it's true. Like what can you do? You know? Yeah. All right. So and next up, we got a voicemail from our good buddy King Tom. Now King Tom messaged me on Twitter and apologized in advance for this message. So I Uh-oh. don't, I don't really know what's going to be going on, but we'll check it out. Getting excited. <laughs> hey, Lawson, Will King Tom here. Previously on Blue Harvest, you guys had a great episode last week, um, which brings to mind two things that I want to talk with you guys about this week. First, uh, like you guys, I'm not bothered by that one scene in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda and Obi Wan go ape shit on the clones. I always saw it as them using the Force to help them. Yeah, the clones are living beings, and they probably could have done it in a little bit nicer way, but I don't know. I think they they were outnumbered, and they were using the Force appropriately. Same thing when Luke... They had just uh, killed all the Jedi. Palace ...in Return of the Jedi, and he uses the Force. I always thought as a kid that he was pushing the Gamorrean guards back. I never thought he was choking them. But still, Luke was being beset by these two larger beings, so he was using the Force to defend himself and see his way through. Also, I thought Chris had a great question about what Force powers we'd like to see in The Last Jedi or as Star Wars moves forward. Like you, my favorite part of Episode 8 was when Neo Jr. took that blue pill and then had that crazy-ass motorcycle chase-slash-fight with those albino twins, those bastards. Uh, your boy, Zack Snyder, really pulled it off there. <laughs> the one one problem I had, and I, I know I know they're, they're your favorite band, but seriously, Hawes, there was too much Nickelback in that scene. Yes, too much Nickelback can be a bad thing. I think that's a great question because I think that the Jedi can do a lot more, but it's a delicate line because you don't want to show them pulling down Star Destroyers. That Hold looks up. cool in a video game. He Hold is up. brilliant. Uh, and it, it is pretty fun. Am I having a stroke? Or is he trying to fuck with my head a little bit? Is that what's going oh, on? He is. Okay. Yeah, he's, trying, he's, trying to, he's switching timelines of his question, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he just uh, switched over to an alternate dimension. Very complex. Where he though. tried to mention everything that would upset you. <laughs> that is fantastic. Cool to play in a video game. But you don't want to show them doing all sorts of crazy things. And me, I'd like to see them explore things like um, what Anakin did in Attack of the Clones when he used the Force in the, the arena to kind of soothe and calm the beasts and control them. I don't know if they've done that in the Clone Wars or not. Ezra kind of has done some of that in Rebels. It kind of reminds me, back in the early 90s on an AOL forum, someone was convinced that the the Dark Jedi of the prequel trilogy, and this was like back in like 93, 94, the Dark Jedi of the prequel trilogy were going to use the Force to conjure up Force monsters. That, that was just a little bit too Dark Empire for me. Uh-oh. It's happening again. There it goes. 
If, if you read what Mike Zero is saying over at makingthematrix.net, I think episode 9 is going to be great. It's got all the... Ma- the, the one thing, there's just one little thing. I don't know if you saw it, but they're saying that, that President Johnny Grasso is going to sign a bill making every Hollywood movie star a Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike if they can't get Leonardo DiCaprio himself. Where the fuck did this Joker come from? <sighs> I don't know, Hoss. One other force power I'd like to see the Jedi use is speed. You know, we have that scene in Phantom Menace. I think that's been explored enough, especially in the movies. I know in the early draft of Phantom Menace, and I think this is also in the earlier drafts of the original Star Wars, when the Jedi fought the Sith in a lightsaber duel, they were supposed to be moving and using the Force to exist on another plane of battle, so to speak, so that to the naked eye, it would just appear to be too blurry thing. Now, I don't want to see it all like, you know, Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, where um, a lightsaber duel turns into stuff like that, where you have these two guys fighting with lightsaber while everything else goes on around them in slow motion. Um, you know, that might be pretty cool, actually, now that I think about it. But I would like to see the Jedi and the Sith use um, their force speed powers here and there just in interesting ways. I think that the X-Men movie showed that it could be done in a, in a cool way. And I, I'd like to see Ryan Johnson, Colin Trevorrow, however the hell you say it, and other directors kind of explore that, that Jedi speed because I think there's a lot of untapped stuff there. Anyway, um, thanks to you and Chris for the great lines of thought. I'm sure there are many more force powers that I could get into. Those are just just a few. Anyway, uh, keep up the great work, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Homeboy, homeboy King Tom. Oh, my nose is bleeding. Oh, my God. I think he gave me an aneurysm. Oh, my God. He just hit you with a curse. (laughs) He just opened up a digital curse. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. King he Tom, took the buddy. extra dimensional juju. <laughs> well done, sir. Wow. You threw me for a loop there. Is this real life? Oh my god. That was excellent. Um Yeah, he brings up some cool force powers that we've kind of seen but haven't seen really explored in more detail. When we see them use that force speed at the beginning of Phantom Menace, it just looks goofy. And I think it's more of just how they did the effect than anything that quick dash yeah it's like it's, i don't know if it's editing or however they did that um anyway uh before we move on to our last voicemail evan buddy uh are there any sort of aspects of the force or force powers that you would like to see them explore <clears throat> going um, forward in star wars that's a good question i don't think i have anything specific but i do think that um, whenever Kylo stopped Poe's blaster bolt in The Force Awakens, that was sort of like, okay, like all chips are off or on the table. Like they're going to experiment and they're going to have fun with it. Um, That's exactly what Hawes said last week, I believe. That would be seeing something, seeing something similar to that. Well, not similar to it, but something that makes me feel similar to. I didn't know the Force could do that, but it also still works in the realm right. of what I think the Force can do. Um, that's sort of what, that would be cool to see. If I get another one of those moments between eight or nine, I think I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want them to push it too far where it starts to feel too foreign and different. Um, mm-hmm. but like stopping that blaster bolt, it's seen, it feels right for lack of a better term. It just feels like, Oh, okay. Right on. I, I got you on that. That makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I'd like to see. I like the idea of them, you know, sort of uh, calming and influencing animals. They did a little bit of that in the old EU. Actually, I think Anakin Solo, or was it Jason Solo? One of the two was sort of very adept at that sort of animal influence Mm -hmm. force power type thing. Yeah, honestly, that would be really cool. The only thing I don't want to see is just something that makes me think of like, Oh, why didn't that one person use this in that one situation that could have could have got him out of it? You know what I mean? Like sort of like retroactively like break the the force rules. You know what I mean? Like let's absolutely. just yeah, for argument's sake, force laser eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah, something or, like or that. flying around like goddamn force Superman. <laughs> what about you know? what about like force magneto? Mm. I mean, they they kind of can already do that. Like, it to me, that's almost like just grabbing stuff with the force. Like, you know how Agreed. Vader throws but all kinds somebody, of metal shit at him. In, yeah, in if water. somebody just used that a lot, would you be okay? Maybe. I I kind one of the things that I kind of liked about the old EU stuff is a lot of times like. The Jedi, the new Jedi that came up weren't necessarily jacks of all trades, but they sometimes had like specialties where they yeah. were like better at certain things. And there were like Jedi healers and stuff like that. I, I could get down with uh, the concept of that a little more. Like, you know, in the movies, we, we kind of follow like the ultimate Jedi in Anakin and Luke and in, then now Rey, where they all are kind of the jack of all trades, where they're very powerful in the force, but. If we it's ever because they have to be because there's not more than one, right? If it ever gets to the point where there is like a reborn Jedi Order down the line, or we get, you know, old Republic era stuff, and we see more Jedi and Sith, I would kind of like to see it where they have their own sort of specialty, you know? Yeah. Or strengths and weaknesses. So that yeah, seems that's how like, I like it. Yeah, that seems cool to me. Yeah, it would be cool to see like like tamed like tamed force abilities in like sort of like the Obi Wan movie since he can't really go too wild with it. You know what I mean? Just right. something on a smaller level. Yeah. So all right. All. So a last message for the evening. This is actually a, a first time voice messenger. It's our buddy Dave. Pause. Well, uh, first time caller in the Blue Harvest podcast. Uh, long time, long fucking time listener. Um, down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, currently. Um, but uh, saw some of the new, some of the Force Friday pre-release stuff online. Saw that look at Snoke. What are your thoughts on? What are your guys' thoughts on Spaceballs and Star Wars existing in the same universe? Snoke's finger has that ring on it. I know the theory is that, the idea is that it's a kyber crystal, but new theory. <laughs> what if it is, in fact, a Schwartz ring? May the Schwartz be with you. May the Force be with you. Moisture farmers. Uh, seahorses forever. Um, yeah. All right. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that that's something we didn't really talk about. Um, it was definitely reported. It's been reported on making Star Wars for a while now, and this figure just uh, comes out and and uh, confirms it. But Snoke has a big gnarly black crystal ring on one of his hands. 
Hmm. I think that's interesting. It'd be cool if it was Kyber. It would be cool if it's a black Kyber crystal. It mm-hmm. would be cool if we see him put that in a lightsaber and use it. I don't I don't know that I don't honestly don't know if we're ever gonna see Snoke fight fight. I especially don't know that I we're don't know see that him he lightsaber. Could. Well, we don't really Maybe have he just so jacked up. We don't really have any idea of like how mobile Snoke is, you know? We've just seen him sitting in a throne on a, in a hologram. I think we'll get a maybe a better idea of that um, in this one. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting the little bits of detail you can get from these toys. Uh, I got the the new Luke Skywalker Funko Pop, and sure as shit, he's got a necklace on that looks like it's got a red Kyber crystal in it. Oh damn! Would that be Vader's? I mean, I, that's, to me, the most obvious assum- assumption, right? Is that a, that's Vader's crystal? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's half of Vader's crystal. And that's why Kyler's saber is so janky. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Oh, right on. Um, another interesting thing. Now, <laughs> none of this necessarily means anything because... For instance, last night I bought a two-pack that's uh, figures they're in Last Jedi pa- uh, uh, packaging, but it's a two-pack that's Han Solo and Boba Fett. Han Solo nor Boba Fett are in this movie. So mm. just because something comes out in Last Jedi packaging <clears throat> doesn't, doesn't mean... Nec- yeah, right. However, it is interesting to me that the Walgreens exclusive Black Series figure this year around is... Uh, Ghost Obi-Wan and in the second wave of three and three quarter inch figures that's coming out and I guess some people have already found them in some of the bigger cities there's a Yoda and an Obi-Wan now look when Force Awakens came out there was a Luke and a Darth Vader figure in the first wave Uh, But after the fact, we find out that in an earlier version of The Force Awakens, during Rey's Force flashback scene, she actually did at one point see Luke and Vader fighting each other on Bespin as part of her Force flashback. They they cut that out of the movie. Now, were those two figures included because that was originally in the movie? Or was it just like, eh, let's put a Luke and a, a Vader in there to round out the line? can't say for sure um what i do think is cool is the new general leia figure that's coming she's got her old school blaster from a new hope you know the the skinny one yeah but it's not that version of princess leia it's general leia from the last jedi with that like long barreled skinny gun yeah hope we get to see her blast some fools yeah that'd be awesome um, but like, you know, you got to take the toy stuff with a grain of salt. It's just something to keep in mind that like, yeah, they're, they're doing a ghost Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan and Yoda. Like, I don't know, man. It just seems almost impossible to me that we get through a new sequel trilogy with Luke Skywalker in it and not see force ghost Yoda or Obi-Wan at some mm-hmm. point. So I don't know. It would make me wonder how they would do Obi-Wan now. Because, I mean, I guess somebody could say, oh, use you and McGregor. But then it's like, 
Alec Guinness and like him being at the end of Return of the Jedi, and you don't want to retcon his look. Like it's like the weird muddy area. Yeah, that is. That's why I think it's probably more likely that we see Yoda, because mm-hmm. you know, either do a puppet or CGI him and get Frank Oz to do the voice. Boom, you're done. Yeah, it would be weird if Ghost Obi Wan appears to Luke or Ray or something, and it's you and McGregor, unless they age him up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they could also go sort of the Tarkin route and just make CGI Alec Guinness if they can get the rights from the family or the permission in all, from the family. In all honesty, you're better off just doing a voice. You can pick either Ewan McGregor's voice or you can pick somebody that sounds like an old Alec Guinness. Uh, but you just, Steven, you just Steven, bypass all of that. Steven Stanton did a killer job of old Obi-Wan mm-hmm. on Rebels, so... They definitely got someone in the family that can pull it off as far as the in voice. The fam. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I can't wait to find out. That's for sure. Uh, and if you're going to do a Yoda movie, you better do it. Get your use out of Frank Oz while he's still around. Exactly. And, and Yeah. And I tell you right now, if at some point fucking Snoke starts using that ring like the uh, Schwartz rings from Spaceballs... I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to fly to Pinewood Studios and I'm burn that fucker down. (laughs) Burn it down, man. I'm done with you, Star Wars. Fucking pew pew rings. I don't know about all this. I don't know, man. What if he shoots shoots lightsaber bolts from the ring? No. Don't like it. No, sir. No, 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 sir. I don't like it. I would I would say the same thing, and then like next week I'd have like a black series Snoke ring on my hand or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> and be waving it around. Zoop, zoop. Mm, look at me! Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that, buddy. Well, that does it for this week, uh, Evan, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. for having being here. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me on. It was, it was, a, it was a good time. Yeah, for sure. Um, why don't you tell our good listeners where they can find you on all the social medias and and all that good stuff? For sure. So on Twitter, you can uh, catch me at uh, eTheCellus25. Um, and then on there will be a linked, uh, link to my online portfolio on Behance.com or Behance.net actually slash Evan the Chellis. And then, like I said earlier, tomorrow, well, today, Saturday, I'll be posting uh, an illustration from my book, The Scout Beast, so everybody can get an idea of what the aesthetic of that's going to look like. And then on Instagram, you can follow me. It's at the Chellis Art. And I don't post a ton on there right now because what I'm working on is the book stuff and doing limited drawings for the book itself. I don't want to just throw it out there just willy-nilly like that. So once it's out, I'll, I'll start posting some more. So uh, that'll be whenever it picks up a bit. Well, right on. Uh, if you guys like our theme song, then please support the band that was nice enough to donate the music for us. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We just got our first one-star review in a long time. Oh, no. Yeah. Apparently, they liked us before, but they don't anymore. Well... well. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so hit us with a couple of reviews if you got, got time uh, 
to do such a thing. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I've been your host, Halls Burkhart. And I've been your host, Will Witten. And I'm Evan Gachellis. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>